0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to another What's the Plan Monterey. Unfortunately, this week, Mark is on some mountain repairing an antenna because it was damaged by the storm. And uh, Mr. Dan Miller is off doing what Dan does, um, and unfortunately, couldn't make the program this week. But they'll be back for our regular scheduled program next week. In their stead, I'm going to offer a short program. I found on YouTube a very interesting interview with the three district five supervisor um candidates so it's got alan hoffa bill Lythe and kate daniels in a forum that was hosted by the monterey county association of realtors and the fire safe council for monterey i've cherry picked three questions and unfortunately i didn't go too deep and i didn't i'm not going to include any questions that the fire safe council asked if you are interested in hardening homes for seniors and stuff it's very against fire safety and, and you know the insurance questions around fire safety and things like that those are very interesting questions, and they have interesting answers, but the the program was over an hour. It was an hour and a half long, and I just wanted to focus on a few questions, their introductions and their questions. So I chose the desal question, the question about the roundabouts on Highway 68, and the homelessness proposition one question. It's kind of interesting. They're, the question is about how, what are the impacts to Monterey County because it's believed that some of the proposition one would take money away from the county to fight homelessness, so there, these are questions I feel like have a, a county-wide impact. So if some of the folks that don't live in District 5 might be interested to the candidates' views on these three subjects. So, um, But next week, of course, Mark and Dan will be back for our regular scheduled program, and they will be offering their detailed analysis of um, the Roundabout by the PG High School and Pickleball. Uh, no, that's just Dan. Mark, of course, will... Uh, provide in-depth analysis i'm interested to see what he did on top of that mountain to the antenna and uh dan of course i have a very good relationship with dan and i like to poke poke uh, a little bit of fun at him from time to time because he is he is pretty awesome and he's got a a depth of knowledge uh of of the local area he um sometimes he's a curmudgeon and we and i really appreciate him on the show so uh without further ado enough of my uh, reminiscing and getting nostalgic for my co-hosts and wishing they were here um i'm going to start with alan hoffa his introduction is i believe first yes it is so here's alan hoffa introducing himself again this is the monterey county association of realtors and fire safe council for monterey and this was done friday february 2nd it's a forum it's available on youtube right now there's only 29 views so our our listenership could quadruple their numbers so help them out and go listen to the entire hour and a half uh a forum on on youtube but here is alan hoffa with his uh, introduction
1: um hi dr alan hoffa i'm a monterey council member i've been elected three times to monterey city council uh, before that i was a school board member for three years teach at, Mo- at monterey peninsula college and i've taught there for 20 years um, i'm a first generation college student and uh, went on to earn a phd and I you know have dedicated my life as an educator to helping other students like myself in the community college system. Uh, I'm running for um, District 5 supervisor because I think I have the experience and I think I have the skill set to um, help Monterey County um, you know address a lot of critical issues like housing, transportation, emergency preparedness, public safety, and more and uh just honored to be here and and to um, have your
2: consideration thank you bill please yeah bill life uh born and raised in in monterey county uh it's my home i i really believe it's important to be involved in the, the critical issues that are going on not just in this district but in the, in the county as a whole Uh, I got into this race because I believe, uh, fixing the water supply issue in district five is the biggest issue, uh, the biggest issue in this district, uh, fixing the water supply situation will help unlock. I think a lot of things, uh, for development, thoughtful development, uh, more housing supply, which I believe is the key to lowering uh, costs for a lot of working class families in Monterey County and in district five in particular. But water is not the only issue, even though I'm very plugged into it, been making water policy with the Groundwater Sustainability Agency when I was on it. We drafted six sustainability plans for the 500,000 acre feet of water that's extracted annually in Salinas Valley. Um, I'm ready to bring that uh, can do and know how about water to District 5, but I also believe fiscal responsibility at the county level is very important. We really need to understand how our tax dollars are being allocated and spent and we should know how every penny is being spent and how it's helping people in our county. Um, School achievement is something that needs to really improve. I think District 5 school achievement is pretty good um, but the rest of the county is woefully lacking in in achievement scores. We have kids that are coming out of schools that are not equipped to market themselves in the marketplace and they they can very quickly fall behind and fall through the cracks. as far as accountability is concerned, too, I think our okay. sheriff's department is in the well, I've
3: gotta ask. Yeah, you. We'll wrap that up. sure.
2: Thanks. That's it. Appreciate it. Ask away. Okay,
3: please. I'm just
4: silencing. I'm sorry it started dinging and I'm sorry that I have to wear this mask. I'm not used to it. So I'm sweating profusely and took these off and because I was clouding up and now I can't see who's in the room, which drives me crazy because I'm doing this for all of you. I'm doing this for the people who live life and I care about deeply. I care about our district. Unfortunately, both my parents have COVID right now. First time ever, never had it before. And I do a lot of spending a lot of time with them, caregiving for them. So this is hence the mask. Um, But I too was born and raised in this area. I was born in district five and uh, it would never have occurred to me before this, you know, this election doing something like this, running for office. It's, it's, not something i think normal people think about doing but what happened this year is there there was an opportunity there was an opportunity to take the experiences that i've had working with supervisor adams working with senator laird working on the planning commission to really move the needle on issues that i have seen us experience our entire my entire life and this goes back now in 50 so you know many decades where we have been trying to get a replacement supply for the water that we pull off of the Carmel River we've tried to bring the seaside basin into sustainability we have not built housing like we have needed to and what has happened in as a, resu- as a result is the folks i know the folks i've grown up with people i know and love are not able to live in our community any longer and what's happening is our community is being hollowed out i'm sure in this discussion tonight we'll talk about all the various impacts that that community but um the last thing i'll add is we need to prepare for climate-related disasters, fire mitigation, the impending flooding that might occur. Um, this is all stuff that a supervisor does. Thank you.
0: OK, well, that was their their three introductions, obviously bringing up some some great points that we've covered in depth on the uh, program. And I wanted to reiterate on, on Kate Daniels' uh, answer. Yeah, it is true that most of our children, probably the children of people listening to this program, Oftentimes have to move away because the housing supply is bad, and we're all great at, at diagnosing the problem. This is my little editorial, but few there's there's not a really lot of great solutions um, other than build more houses, in my opinion. But uh, they'll get to that. So let's uh, let's move on to their desal question. So, so they ask a question about the desal plant. So we will listen to this, and and I'd be interested to hear your comments on their answers as well. Uh, Wyatt at expresspros.com or you can go to whatstheplanmonterey.com and uh, contact us through that website as well whatstheplanmonterey.com.
3: Beginning with uh, in the area of transit and public infrastructure would you please describe your understanding of uh, and the position on or the need of, of a lack of a desalination plan do we need it or not. So um, I think
1: our first priority has to be to complete the expansion of Monterey 1.
0: And this, by the way, I'm going to interrupt him really quick. This is Alan Hoffa talking. So it's probably, I, I believe it's going to go Alan Hoffa, Bill Lythe, and then Kate Daniels. I just wanted to let you know so you didn't confuse Alan and Bill. I go, go back to Alan, who was talking about his belief that we need to expand Monterey 1.
1: And to make sure that we are, um, taking advantage of all sort of water runoff and all opportunities to, uh, you know, to conserve and reuse, uh, water. But in the long run, I'm not convinced that will be enough uh, water for all of the demand. Uh, as a council member, I am very aware of homeowners who want to, um, add additional bathrooms. ADUs and businesses that would like to change their business model, but they can't because they don't have the water allocation. So I think that there will be greater demand than has been calculated by the water district. And I think in, inevitably, and eventually we will have to have some sort of B cell. I'm not crazy about the proposed D cell in Marina. I think it's been fraught with a lot of legal issues and, um, Other complications, Uh, there are other opportunities, I think, to uh, work with partners in Marina Coast Water District and possibly with the uh, farmers in Castorville who are trying to, um, you know, create a water wall uh, to stop saltwater intrusion. I think we could work with them. I think we could uh, work with um, the water issue in a comprehensive way that will be cheaper for everyone and will meet everyone's need.
2: Thank you. And Bill, please. Yes, uh, a desal is necessary. I think Monterey one should pursue and do everything. They, they're, I mean, they've done some good work and I think that should continue, but the reality of the situation is if we want to get off of moving water from the Carmel river, which is under a cease and desist order, And we want to do the kind of things we want to do so that every parcel in in District 5 uh, is is available to develop if the property owner wishes we'll be able to get an allocation for water for their parcel. Stopping seawater intrusion is something that must be done. The state of California is demanding that that issue be resolved. In order to do that, we're going to need the groundwater pumping for the cities of Salinas, Marina, and the town of Casterville to relocate where they pump water from. The good news is the Groundwater Sustainability Agency in the Salinas Valley is studying a, a, a seawater intrusion barrier through extraction, and that will yield hopefully enough water to take care of Salinas, Marina, and Castroville. My thought and idea is to have really a, a county-wide playbook for all our local agencies so we can build regional solutions and not only take care of Salinas, Castroville, and Marina, but take care of Monterey, Pacific Grove, Sand City, and if and if possible, we scale it right, we can help our neighbors to the north in Santa Cruz County as well. There are facilities creating hundred thousand plus acre feet of water in other parts of the world. There's no reason why we can't do it right here at the mouth of the, near the mouth of the river and up to Naponset, up to the Elkhorn Slough. That's where we're going to need to extract water in order to stop the seawater intrusion and have a supply can be cleaned up and used as drinking water or even agricultural water thank you thank
4: you can you repeat the question certainly
3: so please describe your understanding of and
4: your position on the need or the lack of need for a desalination plant okay so desalination in general okay um yeah i do believe that we need desalination and i think we need a desalination plant um right now um I don't believe with the current source waters that Pure Water Monterey expansion has identified, we do in fact have the water we need for sometimes it's 10 years, sometimes it's 20 years, sometimes it's the next 30 years, sometimes it's the next 40 years. Um, Right now, that source water is tied up in, in, in a pretty strong negotiation between Salinas Valley farmers and the Monterey Peninsula about who has access to the water, how long we have access to that water, and whether or not it will continue to be available to the peninsula. So what I think we need is a sustainable long term water supply. Um, If there are other sources identified and there's better capacity for storing water that can be used for recycling, we can get there with recycled water and recycled water is excellent. It's a very good project and we should all be proud of what we've done with pure water Monterey and pure water Monterey expansion, but. If we are going to solve the housing crisis, if we are going to lift the cease and desist order, what we have to come up with is replacement supply for the Carmel river, which historically we pumped sometimes 15,000 acre feet. When I was a child, 11,000 acre feet when the cease and desist order was issued. Now we're down to 3,000. 3,376 acre feet so we need to make up a difference we've done some great projects to do that but whether or not we're going to be able to get to the numbers the acre footage that we need to actually satisfy the cease and desist order and lift it i don't foresee us being able to get there without desalination i'd like to see a project i'd like to see it publicly owned even if it's a project that you know picks up the pieces of the Calam project we need a political we need a, a supervisor who's able to negotiate the differences who's able to negotiate all of the um hate not being able to see it who's who's <laughs> able to negotiate this this really political decision that's fraught with so much anger and frustration for years the truth of the matter is we need water the truth of the matter is Marina needs water the Monterey subbasin is being overdrafted the corral needs water the Salinas Valley needs water so regionally we do need desal. the extraction barrier project that was mentioned earlier so important for seawater intrusion it's a great project and the GSA is even looking to that project to be able to supply some water to this, the Monterey subbasin where Marina is as well as the corral which is in the fifth district so um, so that's a project that I'm I'm also very interested in but yes I believe in order to satisfy the replacement supply from the cease and desist order for the state water resources, resources control board we will in fact need some desal
0: okay well not a lot of differentiation in their answers there a little bit of uh Kay Daniels won public ownership of the desal plant uh but they're all very much what's in the uh, the seawater intrusion they're aware of that so kind of a uh, interesting set of answers um i guess it comes down to it's so funny too because it's like everybody and i'm new here i'm only here about six seven years uh everybody wants the desal plan it seems to be like we all want it but it's just how we get it it seems to be endless endless discussions on that. i guess not everybody wants it um uh there are some some groups that that feel that monterey one water can supply all the growth needs um for the peninsula but not getting into that, let's go to the last, or actually the second to last question, the uh, 68 roundabouts. This is an interesting uh, question as well. Oh, if you want opposition to the desal plan, if you want to read more about that, go to landwatch.com or any of the other uh, agencies that, that really believe in Monterey One water and infill development, and that's their argument. Um, you just heard a lot of people, and I would agree with, the only way we're going to get cheap houses, lots of water and free up the developers. Um but let's listen to their questions about this or the their answers about the 68 roundabouts. This is kind of an interesting one.
3: Structure Nine roundabouts have been proposed on Highway 68. Some argue this will worsen traffic in the short term and it's not worth the long-term benefits that are reported. Um do you support these or oppose these and in general do you think our transportation infrastructure should be more road-based or should we be looking at alternatives?
4: Just remind Sorry. me nine it's my turn right it's yes. nine roundabouts right, right. right. Yes. so um my issue with this project is Caltrans and I have a lot of experience working with Caltrans if you take a look at that proposal the reality is nine roundabouts are not ever going to be built and it's not a it's not a choice between roundabouts and road widening what ultimately will happen is that the most problematic areas because it all is based on funding future funding and the whole project doesn't happen at one time so as the project progresses lorellis grave or corral de tira might be the first locations where a roundabout will be considered and it'll be combined with combined with road widening in other locations so they're they're really really district five difficult to get them to present anything very clearly, difficult to get them to communicate anything very clearly. But what I think um, is clear to me is that what's gonna happen in that location and roundabouts do work. We've had a very successful roundabout on Highway 68. The thought of nine roundabouts starting at Robinson Canyon is ludicrous. But the problem with Caltrans and their communication style is that it's not conveyed to us what is the reality of this situation how will it actually unfold and how it will unfold is a combination of road widening in some locations and roundabouts in other locations and so um that's how i feel about that when there was a two-part question though
3: if you have, have any thoughts on on whether or not the future of transportation is is not personal vehicles?
4: so one of the things i really like about another transportation project is the surf line in monterey and mst is up a uh, marina to monterey it's a 4.8 mile stretch on one of the busiest mst routes that will get you a, a a lane for the mst surf line to go off of highway one and along the railroad track area along the sand dunes there it's tied up with the coastal commission lots of different issues that they are flagging but what i like the most about it is that it will be a pilot project for future light rail if Tansi is ever able to pursue a project they've been working on for years which would connect the monterey county area to the caltrain that runs up um, highway 85 well it runs up to the bay area but um so i think that's an interesting thing to be exploring and if the in the future we could get on a on a light rail train and head to um the bay area that's something i'd be interested in but right now the bus is is good enough for me and i'd like to see how it plays out and if it increases ridership and of course increases the amount of time that people can get to and from work because it's also one of the lines that people experience the most delays Thank you.
0: Hey, before we listen to Alan's answer, I uh, wanted to comment on Kate's answer because I think it's fa- fascinating. I've mentioned on this program before, I think trains, this is my personal kind of uh, tinfoil hat view. So I think trains in the future are going to be obsolete. And the reason is because we have all this road infrastructure and self-driving isn't going to quite ever get there. So you can just s- fall asleep at the wheel and drive through city streets to pick up a beer at Alvarado Street Brewery and then uh, get home to uh, you know Carmel Village that night. I don't think it's there. I mean, it might get there in 100 years. But for now, I could see a future where we could close down highway lanes for just self-driving cars or build an additional highway lane for just self-driving cars. And if you did that, you could even have loaner cars and it would be provide a much better experience because the resistance to public transportation and trains and stuff is just the safety and being around other people that you don't know. But if you had individual private cars whether they're combustion or electric in a designated highway lane you could commute to Santa Cruz to San Jose you someone could live in you could live in Redding and commute to Sacramento you know and and you could work during your commute because there would be a dedicated lane where you wouldn't have to be physically driving the car and if they were a designated closed lane you could modify the rules where you wouldn't have to be an attentive driver you could just be a passive passenger and and go along in fact it might even be against the rules to drive the car where you have to let the computer drive the car so that's just my uh tinfoil hat uh take on the need for more trains because i think the trains already are vested we're turning them all into walking and biking trails they're great for long haul you know uh taking products across the united states but as far as passenger rail i think i think that day that ship has sailed as evidenced by the uh, bullet train to nowhere and others we need i think if we if we focus on self-driving cars and turning that into an effectively into a passenger train we're going to get a lot of farther the infrastructure's already there i wanted that was a long-winded rant and uh, thank you for listening but i'm going to let you i'm going to go over now to uh, mr alan hoffa of monterey city council to see how he feels about uh the the traffic circles on
1: 68. yeah so uh roundabouts can work um smart lights can work i think that we need to have a hybrid plan to solve the 68 situation because not all of those intersections are exactly the same depends on how much cross traffic you have how much room you have and and so i think it's going to have to be some kind of a hybrid of both um i'm really proud i supported the uh the roundabout there by pebble beach uh, and you know carmel and it's been very successful there were a lot of people who said it wouldn't work and uh it's it's worked really well and and improved traffic along that highway 68 Um, but we've also in monterey we've um added a lot of smart lights on lighthouse and actually most of our business corridors and it's really also made quite a bit of a difference in terms of moving traffic smoothly through the lighthouse corridor so both of those solutions can work And I think it's probably going to take some kind of a hybrid of of both of them. I will say it's critical that we do do address this. Um, Obviously, people sitting in their cars idling contributes to climate change. It's also an impact on people's quality of life. And, um, you know, for folks living out there in Toro park, the amount of cars that cut through in front of Toro park elementary, that's really not acceptable. And people are doing it because, you know, they think it's faster. Um, but if we can improve the flow of traffic on highway 68, I think we can make, uh, make that situation much better for people there. As far as alternatives, I do support multimodal transportation it isn't something that's going to be uh, widely used out in the unincorporated county that just isn't going to work but in our urban parts of the district and county it absolutely can be part of the transportation solution i bought an e-bike about five years ago and honestly i get all over, all around monterey and uh, pacific grove and seaside on my electric bike and uh it, it's a great it's a great way to, try, to to move yourself about uh but we need to improve the you know the infrastructure for that so people feel safe and, and we're doing that um so yes i i do think there's opportunities but no we're not going to be replacing the car for most trips anytime soon
3: thank you
2: so, yeah roundabouts do work in many places in the world quite a few places this last year and they're everywhere uh, they do work uh do we need all nine of them to be installed I'm not sure at one point I thought we should do them all but I've had some people that live in those areas say you know like Boots Road area it's like that, uh, we don't need one I, I, obviously the entrance into Laguna Seca is a big issue uh and, and I think doing one there at Lorella's grade makes a lot of sense you can create a new entrance into Laguna Seca you can, I know the SPCA wants it because now you, you'll be, instead of having to try and negotiate a left turn to go back to Monterey, you could just go down the roundabout and just swing right around. So that, that, that one obviously makes sense. And something to curtail the bottleneck at Corral and San Bonancio. Maybe you don't need both of them. Maybe just one at San Bonancio would be sufficient, but that's where the backup begins. And it really goes all the way past Toro Cafe and, and into the Toro Park neighborhood. Um, no cars are not going away. We're obviously in an era where they're really trying to push the, the electrification of cars. Um, I'm not sure the American public is going to be buying these vehicles. They've proven thus far not to really be buying too many of them um, after having to reduce production at some plants because they can't get them off the lots once they get them to the dealership. So um I like the idea of multimodal. I think we could do do better with bike paths and bike lanes through the Ward Ord area. And I think the county should be pursuing we're working with whatever agencies you need to BLM, whoever, to make sure that uh, our roadways there are maintained, because I ride those roads quite a bit. Some of them are in bad shape and having some sort of bicycling network to get us from the Salinas Valley through East Garrison, through Port Ord so we can get to Marina and Monterey and back. Thank you.
0: Okay, well, the last question they're asked or that we'll be covering in this program is on homeless. Proposition one. It's kind of an interesting question, and their answers are equally as interesting. So hopefully you enjoy this as well.
3: Proposition one asks voters to vote for a six billion dollar bond to improve homeless mental health and addiction recovery services. If passed, proposition one would also take money away from county programs currently trying to address these needs. Do you think we need a stronger state or local approach to address these
4: problems? I'm timing myself um uh-huh. so uh we have a, a problem with uh state legislation making sense locally and not I'm not talking specifically about proposition one but there is a real um disconnect between what happens in Sacramento and especially what urban legislators or are sometimes even our governor think up think will work in a, a rural place like Monterey County. Yes, we have urban areas, but we're a rural county in general. And so today I was actually thinking about the point in time count because we just had it. And what ends up happening from the state is we get punished when we improve. When our numbers go down because the point in time count counts less homeless individuals, we actually get less funding. So um, so it's all gonna depend on what they use to calculate how they allocate the money, because um, we're very different from urban areas, but our homeless problem, if we don't continue to address it, if we address it in one year when it's really bad, but then we reduce the amount of money that's available, we're gonna fall behind again. So I think what we need is really proactive leadership that understands the situation in Monterey County and can get us the dollars that will help Address our situation here on the ground.
3: Thank
1: you. Uh, so, I have not read the text, so I'm not really in a position to give a you know a judgment about whether I personally am going to be voting for Prop One. But I will say this: that mental health, addiction, and homeless services are extremely important. Um, it's uh, basically it's one of the main reasons I ran for city council in 2012. I had a student who uh, presented as homeless and uh, became aware of how significant the problem was at that time. That's one of the main reasons I've run. Um, I've served on community human services, which is a um, county-wide board that um, provides addiction services. It provides services for runaway and homeless youth and um, runs shelters for um, homeless women and families. Um, uh, maybe six, seven years ago, our board set a strategic vision to try to improve and expand our services. Uh, we opened Nocha de Buena, uh, Casa de Noche Buena, which is a shelter in seaside for, for women and families. Um, this year we've opened Schumann Hart House, another shelter, uh, the city of Monterey, we looked at this problem and reallocated some of our housing fund monies to um, expand the number of shelter beds for runaway and homeless youth. In 2012, there were only six beds in the whole county, six beds in the whole county. Um, We tripled that number by providing funds so that Safe Place could uh, renovate their facility, and so now there, there are 12 additional emergency beds for runaway and homeless youth. We supported the One Starfish program again 12 years ago when I ran for council. It was illegal to, to, to sleep in your car anywhere. And uh, the problem was a lot of people, unfortunately, that's the only shelter they have. And so we we work with a nonprofit, One Starfish. They've worked with churches to identify safe parking lots and and to help those folks transition into permanent housing so um, we've done a lot we've got a lot of work to do that work is happening on the local level but i will say in the last couple of years we've gotten a lot more money in our county from the state and that's made a lot of the progress possible so i don't know if prop one is the right way or not but i do know that we are doing good things here in monterey county and we've got a a lot more work to do
3: thank you and bill
2: yeah cutting to the core Part of the question, which is, should we let the state help take care of the problem or keep doing it locally? My concern with handing it back to the state and them taking the money back as well is that ultimately, San Francisco Bay Area, Los Angeles, and the Sacramento area will get the money, and we won't. Um, I've seen it with water projects, water water funding. Um, it's all competitive, but somehow magically all the money ends up in these populated areas because they really control over 50 percent of the of the legislature so they've got the voting power and those of us in rural counties despite having a speaker of the assembly don't usually win those battles so i would like it to stay local um i i'm like alan i prob- i haven't fully read up on prop one I'll probably be voting against it based on just what i communicated now but we could do more we can We can help this issue by building the bed space, which is something this county has never really done. Build the bed space, bundle the services in where the folks are going to be staying. Is it the Fort Ord area? Is it other parts of unincorporated? Is it in in the cities? We can find the right places to build the facilities and make sure the folks get the help they need. And I think we should keep it local.
0: Okay. Well, that was um, their answers to Proposition 1, somewhat informative and also interesting. I think um, it does bring up a good point because at least I, th- I think I heard Kate Daniels mention it, that the edicts um, come, that come down from the state sometimes are are more harm than good, like the housing mandate, the, the low-income housing mandate. You could even put CEQA and the Coastal Commission kind of in that, in that category where they're They're basically top-down type of solutions. And uh, as we've seen in like North Korea versus South Korea, top-down solutions are generally, in general, uh, inferior to uh, bottom-up or or local decision-making. But anyway, that is the program for this week. Next week, Mark and Dan will be back for our usually scheduled program. So that'll be exciting. Hopefully you enjoyed this format. It's a little bit shorter this week and also sorry for posting on Sunday. I was a little late getting it in. Uh, we were very busy this weekend. But uh, next weekend, we'll be back with our normally scheduled program. Please, uh, I invite comments, paul.wyant, W-E-Y-A-N-T, at expresspros.com. Or just go to our website, what's the whatstheplanmonterey.com, and leave your comments there, and I'll get them. So thanks, everybody, for your comments, and hopefully you enjoyed the program, and uh, talk to you next week.